and welcome to episode 409 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. My name is Clarence Moy, and I am joined by the other two M's. So M's, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Megan, let's start with you. Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin. You can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. Joey? Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Thank you for asking. A little tired today because it took me a while to come down last night from the um, from a really, and I know at least you, Joey, you don't really care about sports that much, and I don't normally either, except for major events like the Super Bowl. It took me a little bit to come down off that game um, because it was an exciting Super Bowl game. That's what I heard. I actually didn't. Um, I watched like maybe a little bit of it to see Rihanna, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, then I um, watched what we're talking about today. But um, it seemed like it was exciting because I know at some point that the Eagles were winning. So mm-hmm. that yeah. it seemed, and everybody seemed to be uh, on the edge of their seats. Yeah, it was a it was a close uh, close game in the very end, but. Um, so that's one of the things I wanted to talk about today. Uh, and of course, we wanted to get an update from you, Joey, on the fantasy Oscar race to see how that's going. But the main topic is it is the week of love. It is Valentine's Day. And whether you've got a significant other or not, if you've got a, a, a galantine or whatever else is out there. Um, <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're here to talk about love. We're here to talk about romantic comedies. We have recently seen... All of us, uh, your place or mine. Netflix's new romantic comedy starring Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon from her production company. Uh, so we're going to talk about that film, and we're going to talk about maybe this is perhaps a spoiler to our reaction to the film. But why can't Hollywood make good romantic comedies anymore? <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about some of our favorite ones in comparison. So, and of course, we'll close with the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. You guys ready to dive into this? Yeah. Sure. All right, Joey. I would love ha, ha, for it uh, for you to start with um, <laughs> uh, the fantasy Oscar race. So, why don't you give us an update on where the rankings stand? Uh, sure. So, in terms of rankings themselves, nothing has changed. <laughs> um, Clarence is still in first place. I am. I'm not too. Clarence is ahead with one thousand eight hundred and ten points. I'm not super far behind him, but I am far behind him with a 1,600 even. And Megan bringing up the rear at 1,055. Ugh. Um, I will say the... uh, (laughs) Shut up, Megan. (laughs) Ugh. Um, Don't be so hard on yourself. I will say Megan's biggest... um, I wanted to say, like, what everyone's biggest uh, point earners were... Uh, Megan, so far, the biggest thing that is getting you points, surprisingly, is women talking. That has the most points. That's really weird. Because I realized it got nominated in a lot more places. I will also admit, before I, when I'm going into these numbers, like, I'm still catching up. So we, there will be more updates. Um, mm-hmm. I I didn't realize when we we're talking about doing an update like one or two weeks ago. And I was like, Oh, I haven't updated it in a while. 
And then I went like, oh, fuck, there's a lot of regional, you know, awards that are coming out. Um, and I could probably when we get closer to the actual Oscars. I could do so. I could show you or I could tell you, um, uh, you know, maybe some trends or something that I've seen. But I will say that uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale is your acting leader, followed up by Daniel Deadweiler. Um, and like I said, women talking. Um, my biggest earner is Kehui Kwan. Um, and probably my biggest movie is The Banshees of Sharon. Because that's just popping up everywhere. And then Clarence, you have a bunch of stuff that's doing very well. That's why you're winning. Um, everything, everywhere, all at once, which keeps... And a lot of these, like, regional... Um, awards it's picking up multiple wins everywhere it's it's getting like i count um things like best if it's like a film award like best film best international foreign film animated film i count those i also i don't um count crafts but i do count like when they name the titles in other categories like critics choice does like best comedy best I don't, I can't, best action, best drama. If mm -hmm. it's nominated again, you get multiple nomination points. And there's also things like, um, also I think, Megan, one of the reasons why Women Talking is picking up a decent amount of points is because it's nominated for ensemble a lot. Oh. And then like there's stuff like, I think it's like the Alliance of Women's Films Critics. They have like these really, um, I should have pulled this up. I didn't have it. Um, there was one group where they do <laughs> like they have like a legacy award and then they have like another thing where they have they mention performances where they're like, this person needs a new agent award. So I don't think anybody from that uh, anyone that we have picked has, you know, earned points in that category necessarily. But there are some like really fun niche mentions for uh, some of these regional film critics awards because we have I mean think about it we have 30 performances across the entire year so there's a wide swath of or swath swath a wide array of <laughs> um, things that we can pick from and I think everybody I don't think anybody who has now that I'm looking at it I think the only thing that has not earned any points is I think everyone has gotten points for something. So yeah, I think everything has. So I think um Megan uh, Hugh Jackman was nominated for like two things. So he got on the board. He has 10 points for this whole season. Uh. <laughs> so yeah. There's your update. Did Thank Anthony, you. Did Anthony Hopkins get points? No, he did not. <laughs> okay. So for the you picked him after the switch. Yes. Um, so yeah, we, yeah. I didn't think so. Soon, so the, as soon as the words came out of my mouth, I saw a big fat zero next to the name. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has zero points, but I'm sorry. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once is uh, contributing to 380 points of your score, or like you know. Kate Blanchett, 245. Colin Farrell, 230. Michelle Yeoh, 250. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's fine. Okay. Why, thank you. 
<laughs> well, thank you for doing that. Actually, um, I know that's a lot of uh, it's a labor of love for you, but I know it's labor intensive. So um, he I does it. love it. He does love it, though. Yes, weirdly. Although I, I find it funny. <laughs> not not that I'm I'm faulting you for it necessarily. Not at all, actually. Um, but I, I, it's funny that the uh, the way that you've tabulated and the things that you include are radically different than what I thought that you were picking. Yeah. I thought you were doing points. crafts. Yeah. I thought you were doing crafts. Yeah. Um, so it's, it would change. Oh God, no. If, if I would have picked crafts, this whole thing might shift entirely. That's why I picked the things that I picked. <laughs> We've never included crafts. I thought we did. We have not. No. It's a performance-based oh. craft. It's no, but I, yeah. I didn't realize that you were like looking at best comedy and best sci-fi and all those like weird, you know, little critics categories. Um, oh yeah. I look, I look at, I mean, I look at the whole, the whole sort of, uh, I, I look at what they nominate and I go through the list top to bottom. As soon as like, and I, I sort of, once the performance list is mentioned, I keep on scrolling. Cause if it's like a, if it's a film award, mm-hmm. um, I can, because I figure if we're going to count, you know, if we're going to count Banshees of Inisherin getting in for best comedy at the Globes, why wouldn't it count if we did it in another awards body? It, it makes total sense. I just didn't realize that you were doing it. That's, you know, but that's, I mean, it, it wouldn't have changed anything that I had done. It wouldn't change many picks. I might have, I mean, clearly, Megan, it might change what you would have picked uh, because, uh, you know, we're not including graphs, but, um, but no, I really like, appreciate. It. Sorry, go ahead. So we're not including like special effects and stuff like that. No, we never did that. Okay. I mean, we can do that next year. Okay, I just didn't realize how. I guess that's the other thing. I don't know how this is tabulated. So, oh well. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, Maybe you have Joey needs your... to do a YouTube video to show how he tabulates. Yes. It. Well, here's I how mean, I do this. Or so TikTok. I mean, I mean, Megan, you have your movies are Elvis, Top Gun, and Women t- Women Talking. Those are all best picture. <laughs> yeah, I guess you got uh, three for three there. Uh, meanwhile, I got Decision to Leave, which everyone left. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even the critics didn't really. I'm surprised by that. Probably most of all, like. I'm not surprised that it didn't necessarily make it into the uh, into the final at the Oscars, but I was surprised that more critics groups didn't get behind it. Well, and I, they were; they had done it. Like that's what was kind of. I feel like it was had momentum going into the Oscar nominations. At least I thought it did. They um. I've noticed. I mean, I I don't know if this is a, a too generic thing to say, but I mean. Going through all these things, like it got nominated everywhere, but I feel like this maybe this is a really strong year for international films yeah. um, because I mean, stuff like EO was picking up stuff, All Quiet on the Western Front was picking stuff up, um, just from you know things that I've seen um, going through all of these lists and everything. But also, I feel like with that movie in particular, maybe that was like a I don't know, like some people that I know that aren't in, like involved in watching Oscar stuff, they have seen Decision to Leave. And I don't know if maybe some people, maybe they just didn't like it. I know some of my friends have seen I've it. I've seen it. They were like, I didn't like it. You didn't like it? No, I'm saying other, I mean, I, I actually really liked it, but I, I think I actually 
liked some other international films maybe more than it. But um, like if I was voting on what the Oscars this year, I I mean, obviously it's not nominated, but I would probably vote for like EO because that had a really that was a movie that made an impact on me. So I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe there's also maybe people just don't want something to sweep the whole thing. Yeah, could be. Okay, well, thank you, Joey. We'll check back in in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll check back in in the end of February once the guilds um, weigh in. Um, So we started talking about the Super Bowl, and then we did a complete 180 and talked about something different. Let's get back into the Super Bowl. Namely, let's talk about the halftime performance by Rihanna. There's a lot of conversation about the performance. There's a lot of conversation about that segment, Um, not the least of which is the fact that she gave it you know, X months pregnant, uh, probably from the looks of it, maybe five or six months pregnant. Yeah. Um, So what did you guys think of her performance? I don't think I've heard from either one of you on it. I thought it was great. I thought that I liked that she brought this like kind of low energy to it that made it like, and I'm not, that's not an insult. Like she, well, cause she's pregnant. I mean, but she's also super cool. She's just the like epitome of cool. And um, I thought the low energy that she gave and that everybody around her was like hyped up really worked because it just really uh, made her come across as even cooler. I mean, she's already cool, but like made it even cooler. And um, her facial expressions were fun. I love the way that the whole thing was shot. I thought Mm -hmm. it was like pretty amazing. And I know people were like, I don't think people were talking about it. I saw a lot of people disappointed with her performance and said that she didn't do anything, but I, I thought she did pretty good. I thought it was pretty, I, I thought it was, I was entertained. I thought it was great. Joey, what'd you think? Um, I loved it. I thought she was like, she is that cool person where like, if I ever saw her in public and she punched me in the face, I'd be like, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> like she's just so she it's it's almost indescribable like how how cool she is. I was at a Super Bowl party yesterday full of homosexuals. Um like they had a they had I wish I took a video of it, but we were trying to get they had like an inflatable screen outside and they had these like blinking colored lights going. There was a hot tub out there. They were trying they we they couldn't get the audio to sync up. Um, so we didn't watch it outside, but it was, um, I get actually kind of annoyed when people are criticizing her for her like low energy. And it's just like, it was, I kept forgetting how many great songs she has. Like, I know how many, there great aren't songs. even, she didn't even do all of the great songs. No, yeah, that's I, funny. Like, yeah. I was, I was baking before the party because I had to go to a party with a baked good and I would bake, baking a cake. And we put like a Rihanna playlist on and every single song I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about this song. Oh, my God, I forgot about this song. And it was just like, I don't know. I thought it was exciting. I love the way it shot. It did look like Super Mario Brothers. I love that. I don't know if you guys saw the meme yes. where someone 20 minutes after they put like the big, what, Bowser from Bowser. God, yeah, they were like, Rihanna, look out. Like, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> and it was just like. She can do whatever the fuck she wants. She's one of those celebrities like, do whatever you want. That's fine. It's Rihanna. I don't care. I thought it was great. So yeah. that's it. I was very entertained, but I was, I was, uh, I had geared myself up for like this improbable event where she brings on, um, 
Tom Holland and uh, and and he dances. <laughs> oh my god, really? Umbrella. Well, I mean, you know, just no. I was just thinking about like you know what kind of craziness would she do? And but then I started, you know, after the show, I was like, you know what, that was perfect for her because that would have been not who she is as an artist. She is there about the music. Right. She was there, brought on to sing her songs, not necessarily. You know, she's just chill. She's laid back. And um, yeah, I mean, I did, I missed certain songs like Disturbia. I love Disturbia, but she didn't yeah. sing that one. Um, but I'm glad that she didn't do something stunty like that because it would have been all about Tom Holland and not necessarily all about Rihanna. Um, and this was her moment and it was all about her and the camera focused on her. And even the um, the dancers were indis- you know, indecipherable from each other, right? Because they're all wearing white. You can't see their faces. Yeah. 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 It's just literally rihanna and that's it and i love that about it i think it was it was what it needed to be i think it's funny that i saw some people saying that they were expecting britney spears to show up which i'm like guys like her family was planning an intervention last week do you think she has time to do the super bowl why are they Um, planning an intervention now I don't know. I just saw that that was that was what was the news of last week that they're worried about her. But um, but I'm just laughing at the fans who are like, so I'm going to get letters for this. So delusional that they think she's she's healthy enough to do this. And they're like, oh, we were really hoping she was coming out. I was like, what? <laughs> but um, I agree with everything you just said, though, Clarence. I think that um, it was it was exactly the way you would expect Rihanna to do it. I wouldn't expect her to because I think she's different than she was when she first came out. Like if people mm-hmm. were expecting that kind of energy, I mean, she's a mom now and she's, um, you know, she's so comfortable in her own skin. And uh, I didn't even think she was pregnant at first. I thought she was just still carrying some weight from her her baby, her first baby. And I was like, oh, my God, I love this even more. Like I thought, oh, I love it. She's just like. Be herself, you know, but then I learned, I mean, I still love her anyway, but, um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was, she was doing everything on her own terms. It was great. I was in a room full of mostly pediatricians. The minute she came on screen, they're like, pregnant. I was like, what? And she's like, she's pregnant. I was like, okay. (laughs) Like later, um, like, you know, 20 minutes after it was over, it was like, Rihanna reps confirms her second pregnancy. Right. Like it was confirmed. Like we already knew. We didn't. You didn't need you to confirm. I'm like, okay, wow, fuck, okay, Jesus. Um, can I say something pseudo mean? Not necessarily about Rihanna, but about people's expectations. Sure. sure. Um, and maybe it's not even about Rihanna, but that Tom Holland umbrella thing. If I could burn <laughs> one piece of it to the ground that we never fucking have to hear from it again, it's that fucking Rihanna lip sync. <laughs> you were just talking about this with me today. <laughs> yeah, and I feel I actually when I was talking to you about it today, I was like, I'm gonna say it. it'll be it'll be recorded there. It is public record that I hate that video. I also uh, I think that Fred Astaire. If we're gonna go all out, I think that they should not be doing a Fred Astaire movie. Both both two, two Fred Astaire. Both <laughs> both of the ideas sound terrible. I know, and I'm Margaret Qualley's great, but I just don't see her as Ginger Rogers and. uh I don't know. I think they should just leave it alone. I'm bored. I, as a huge Fred Astaire fan, I do not want to see those movies. Yeah, that's yeah, weird the, to have two yeah, competing biopics about Fred Astaire. Right, especially from from someone who didn't want him. His like he doesn't want. He never wanted anything like that. Like I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so from like, two different kids who have played Billy Elliot. 
exactly. <laughs> I guess he also probably didn't want to be dancing with a uh, a vacuum cleaner in a commercial. That <laughs> That's true too. But you know, we don't mm. always get what we want, particularly when we're dead and your family sells the rights to your your likeness. Oh, leave Fred Astaire alone. That would be my leave Britney alone thing would be leave Fred Astaire alone. I'm getting my sheet out as we speak. <laughs> no, you need to record some TikToks and cry. Yes. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to um, commercials very quickly. Uh, did any commercials catch your eye? The Brent, the Ben Affleck, uh, JLo oh, yeah. one, Duncan, I thought that was great. And I think somebody said on Twitter that JLo deserves an Oscar for that performance. And she does. She was the funniest part. Of it. He was great for her line. Was, Get me a glazed. Oh my God. She was great. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, I liked the, um, kind of, <laughs> I kind of like, like that Jack Harlow Doritos commercial. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't it was know. stupid. I th- it was so stupid. I thought the Sarah McLaughlin one was funny. Um, I thought oh, there was another one. Um, I thought the 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 John Travolta graph mm, one. I was like, oh, um, maybe seeing you know Alicia Silverstone in his chair or again or like that. That was great. That was great, and I you know, so the fans of that. Tell me, do you guys think there was some computer generation work on her face, or does she really look that young? I think she looks that young. I do too. That's incredible. She looked great. She looked exactly like she did in 1995. I like whenever the guy's like, "Aren't these? Isn't this for teenagers?" Or is it like, "Aren't you? You know, she, you're not even a teenager," and she just kind of like winks. Like <laughs> yeah. she looked great. Yeah, she did. Of course, the girl standing next to her, uh, I can't remember her name. Amber. Um, Amber, yes. Amber. She looked great, too. Well, it's, it's, what's her name? It's not Amber. Um, Joey, I'm surprised you don't know this. I can't remember her name right now. It's like, oh, what's her name? Oh, Alyssa Uh, Donovan. Alyssa Donovan. She looks great, too. Yeah, she looks awesome. Uh, Why am I blanking on her name? Oh, uh, you know, her, her character's name is Amber. Yeah, Alyssa Donovan is the actress. Oh, you're looking for the actress's name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She looks exactly the same, too. They all look great. Excellent. Um, any other commercials? Um, the Flash. That was interesting to see uh, that Be- Michael Keaton is in it. Yeah. yeah. I-, I thought that was him when I saw his lips. It's funny that I was like, that looks like Michael Keaton. Who is that? And but it was Michael Keaton. That's been a huge, uh, that's been all over the internet, though, for years that he was coming back. I didn't know that. Uh, Oh, so wait, is he, so is he playing, like, is this a universe where he's Batman? It's a multiverse. I'm so, I am so over the multiverse stuff. Like I'm so over it. Yeah. I wasn't, I was excited to see him dressed up as Batman again, just because. Yeah. I mean, like probably so many people, like, you know, he was the first, one of the first Batman, you know, there's like 87 of them. Uh, Were you attracted to him as Batman? Because I think I was. No. I think okay, the Batman well. I was most attracted <laughs> to is um, 
I think I remember George, George Clooney. <laughs> no, I was never attracted to George. I've actually only recently become attracted to George Clooney. I've never. I don't accept that, but okay, go ahead. Okay, whatever. Um, I was actually the only Batman that I I will remember ever being attracted to was Val Kilmer. But I do remember thinking when I was oh I don't know ten eleven it was like he's really hot not a good Batman. <laughs> <laughs> He's really hot. Not a good Batman. <laughs> yeah. I was a bitch back then. I'm a bitch now. And also, I'm going to say this, not to sound like a broken record. If you can bring Michael Keaton back as Batman, you can bring back Michelle Pfeiffer as That woman, exactly. Why do you sound drunk saying that? <laughs> because, I mean, I just feel like. Because he's doing his no, best. No, you're absolutely. He's doing his best Lucille Bluth. Yeah, he, he did a good job. <laughs> good for her. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it, bringing him back as Batman is the ultimate gimmick for that movie. Cause it made it, it gave me even a half an inkling to want to see it. Otherwise, it just, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, ugh, I don't know. Sweep all of the, all of the, uh, other shit under Miller. the rug. Yeah. Well, seriously. I actually, I think that actually distracted me for long enough. I was like, Oh, a Flash movie, and then I saw Michael Keaton. I was like Michael Keaton is Batman, and then I was yeah. like, "But wait, is Ezra Miller still in it?" But you've got to and wade then, through hours and hours—well, of not hours, but minutes and minutes of Ezra Miller pining over his dead mother before, before you. Oh, get to, is, is that what happens in it? That's why he goes back in time is to well, to there, stop wait, the murder is, of it, his mother. Is the you mean the the flat is the Flash? Does the Flash identify as a I'm also trying to do the right oh, thing about sorry. pronouns. Yeah, I that's okay. Forgot. Yes, you're right. I forgot. The Flash would identify as male or female. I guess I don't know. I've never seen a Flash movie. I've never seen any DC movie it with goes him. Goes by too fast. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. See, you missed the movie. Oh, Joey, I love how you make a bad joke and you just keep it going. Good job. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> Running jokes into the ground since 1983. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, the movie trailer, the, the problem with Super Bowl commercials, I think we talked about this last year. The problem with the commercials during the Super Bowl is that nothing is really a surprise because now we get right. previews of all of them. I mean, the movie trailers, you've seen all of them, you know, this, I still can't figure out why this, uh, Matt, I mean, Adam driver, uh, 60, not 65 movie exists. Yeah. Where he goes back in time to fight dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Plan. What? I mean, it's yeah. Star Wars and Star Wars and Jurassic Park at the same time. I'm, I am um, I kind of want to get that drunk off my mind. I can't figure out why Blockbuster did that that commercial. And I was really excited about it. But, like, is it just kind of to be like, we're hey, still we're still here. Yeah, <laughs> I was hoping there was something more newsy about, like, we're going to have another store that's open or I don't know. Like it was just a kind of weird, but I still love that blockbuster so much. So too bad. They couldn't make a good TV show out of it. <laughs> I know. You were uh, <laughs> I, know oh. I thought it's not, they couldn't even like tease the second season or something. They had nothing to tease for that. Like it was literally just, we're still here. Like <laughs> sadness. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I think my favorite commercial was probably the Will Ferrell one where he jumps into different movies and stuff. I like that one too. That was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. 
Um, I, I like most everything he did. And I was expecting a lot more out of Ben Stiller as Derek Zoolander than just that, that image that we got. Yeah. So, but it made me think, do we want a Paramount plus Derek Zoolander at 50 movie? I think that might is be that what they're funny. talking about? No, no. That is kind of funny. It would be kind of funny to see him at that age. I don't know. Yeah, since he was so freaked out about aging and all of that in the in when he was 30. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot that you could do with that. Like him getting all kinds of like crazy plastic surgery and you know, you know, I don't know. There's a him lot. taking Ozempic. Him taking Ozempic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um all right, let's jump to our main topic, which is romantic comedies. And we're going to get there by talking about the new Netflix movie, Megan's favorite movie of 2023, <laughs> Your Place or Mine, which again stars Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher as two lifelong friends who hooked up once and yet can't let go of each other emotionally, but yet have zero chemistry whatsoever. So, Megan, <laughs> why don't you start? Uh, because I just love your takes on it. <laughs> um, so, I guess it's it really throws us into it quite fast that um, we don't even really get to meet them uh, other than that they're making out. Um, and that's Reese Witherspoon's Debbie and Ashton Kutcher's, uh, what's, what's his name in it? Cars. I can't remember. Man. His name is Cars. Car- cars. His name is Peter. That's right. So they're like <laughs> no, making out. His name and, is the Cars. And can I just say, yeah. I knew this. I knew this movie was going to be a rough watch because they they're playing Gwen Stefani's like Sweet Escape, I believe. Oh yeah. In the opening of it, and they're like, it's 2003, and then I, re- I immediately I was like, that song came out in like 2006. So I knew this was like, oh god, like the fact that I'm able to pick apart, like I don't, I just knew that song was not 2003, and um, so I was like, oh shit, um, but so like they kind of throw us into that they're you know making out, and then it picks up 20 years later, and they're best friends, but we don't see anything in between as to how they became friends, and um, and we never really realize why they like each other either, but um, but. Things happen along. Oh, they, it's it's basically what did Joey call it? The holiday for idiots. Is that what you called it, Joey? Holiday. For <laughs> no, I said it's. I said the straight washing of the holiday. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and they switch they switch uh, places for a little bit, and um, we're supposed to be rooting for them, but I just, I I just couldn't. The whole time I kept thinking, you know, maybe twenty years ago, if this came out, we would be. We would like, have hated oh, it. Oh yeah, then. it's a, I thought we would have hated it then. You're probably right. But like <laughs> I, I've watched Hallmark movies recently that had like I watched this really cute one with um that McFarlane guy from Bros that I like now. I can't remember his first name, but Joey Hello. likes him too. Yes. And it it was a lot more heartfelt and like there was a chemistry with those characters more than this. And I, I just kept thinking, how did this movie get made? And like <laughs> Reese Witherspoon has done some amazing stuff recently, like, like, uh, you know, Big Little Lies and even The Morning Show. Like, she's doing some, like, I mean, she got an Emmy nomination. I just, I don't know. I always thought the pairing with her and Ashton Kutcher was weird, too. But um, hmm. I, 
I I like romantic comedies, but this one was. Oh, the other thing I have to mention is the exposition dumping was just out of fucking control within like the first fifteen minutes, where they're just like, she's like, oh, but that's right, Peter, and you did this. What when my mom? Or he's like, when my mom died, you drove. You drove to see me across these states and like all this stuff that like proving, ha, 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 see, we're friends. Get it? We're friends. We've been together. We've been in each other's lives for years. And let me put on the cars now. I used to like the cars. I don't like the cars anymore. No. <laughs> uh, and, and um, I was going to say 20 years ago, I made a list of romantic comedies that came out in 2003. Oh, I want to hear this. Um, I would like to say... None of these are better or as good as this movie. And I give you How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, something's Gotta Give. Just Married. Uh, Wait, you, you're saying none of these are as good as this Oh, one? no, I'm saying that uh, Your Place or Mine is not as good as any of these. Okay. No. That's what you. It's that's hot. not what you said. <laughs> and I was going to fight you. That's not <laughs> that I misspoke. I misspoke. I, like, um, had a heart attack over here. <laughs> same. Um, Geely, even. Um, uh, Under the Tuscan Sun. I love that one. Down with love. I would even say, what a girl wants with Amanda Bynes. <laughs> um, I, if I could jump in about this. Please do. Uh, I, I'm, this might sound mean, but I don't think Ashton Kutcher is a leading man type. I think he's good in smaller parts. Like, I want to say he's just like, a much cooter, tall, like character actor, maybe in the making a little bit, or bad. But he, um, like, he was good in Vengeance. He was good in smaller parts like that seventy show where he can come in and come out, whatever. He was good in. I do want to say he was good in What Happens in Vegas, but he got to be. Oh yeah, he was. He that. got to be like a dork, like a big jerky dork in that, which I think is where he excels. Which here they they have him being this like professional guy that. You just don't buy, really. He's like, so miserable in this movie. Like, I actually messaged Clarence. I was like, his character seems suicidal. <laughs> That's true. He, he <laughs> like, so they switch places. And, like, this is also going to sound mean, but I feel like I do not buy them as friends. I do no. not buy them as romantic partners. I think that when he gets to her house and he sees all the post-it notes, he would think that that is the most obnoxious thing. Like, if his dick ever got hard for her, it will never get hard again. And it's also just like, oh, it's, it's, do you, I don't, I, I, I'm flabbergasted. They also stole that post-it bit from Ned Flanders on the Sim for the Simpsons episode. <laughs> I was a little pissed about that. <laughs> but I, I was so bummed because I mean, this was written and directed by, I, I'm going to botch her name, hold on. Uh, Aline Brosh McKenna? Yeah, who did Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. And I think, like, oh. she, she can do some really interesting stuff. And maybe if this leaned in more towards, like, a, like an early 2000s romantic comedy, fine. But I just thought when you get to the final scene and they're in the airport and they're screaming at each other, and he was like, when he says the line, um, we're not says, friends anymore. No, when he's like, I'm not in love with you. And her like face kind of falls. And he's like, I'm madly in love with you. Can I, 
like the way I melted off the couch. Like mm-hmm. I, I wanted to die, but not in a good I way. I actually, I actually had no idea how it was going to end because I didn't think that she loved him. <laughs> and whenever he's like, he's like, we're not friends anymore. I thought she was going to be like, oh, that's too bad. I when he like makes out with her, I'm like, did you get consent for that? Because I was like. I don't think she wants you to kiss her. I also well, think it was kind of weird that they, when they initially go to each other's houses, like they don't even see each other in between. No, like that's weird. Just, that was weird to me. I don't know. In in preparing for this podcast, I was originally <laughs> right setting to. Uh, I, I sat down to write um, a virtual review, so to speak, just so I could have some notes to talk about. And it was titled, uh, I wrote at the top of the page, 10 Things I Hate About You. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because that is a very good romantic comedy. Uh, But it made me so depressed to sit there and to crank through all the things that are wrong with the song. And honestly, I could not have stopped at 10. But I, I have to tell you that my stomach literally turned when it gets to the very end. And they're walking out of the airport. And this is a spoiler, but it's a romantic comedy. So, you know, of course, they get together at the end. Um, but when they're walking out of the airport and she, and they're holding hands and she goes, are we holding hands, people? And then I just stopped to think that is ungodly watching them hold hands. They can't even, <laughs> they can't even hold hands and make it look right. Like it just it looked off like like there were like four horsemen that are going to be coming down out of the sky and all of a sudden you know revelations was happening and the ground would split open and (laughs) all of these people would be sucked into hell because reese witherspoon and ashton kutcher were holding hands at the end of the movie it just it felt so ungodly and unnatural yeah and uh, and i I mean i'm just let me just go through my some of the litany of things yeah please I mean, I'm all about, and I texted this to you guys, but I'm all about inclusivity in, in, in film, but I, I don't know that it's a step forward to have Tignataro play just like a, a, a character whose only attribute is that she is a lesbian and she drinks coffee. And that is Seriously? literally all she does through the whole movie. She is a very funny person. I loved that show that she did, whose name I cannot remember. One uh, Mississippi. One Mississippi. Mississippi. Yes, from Amazon years ago. It was a great show. It was a good show. She can be very, very good. She is not good here. She is not given material to be good. I don't even know what, I mean, I I forgot that um, Eileen Rush McKenna wrote and directed this. So that explains why Rachel Bloom steps in for 15 seconds and is actively bad in it. Like really, really horribly bad to the point where I, I don't even know that, 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 that what she does in it is supposed to be funny. I, I, I'm confused <laughs> by how terrible she is. Um, you know, uh, Steve Zahn, fresh off of his Emmy-nominated performance in The White Lotus, where he is so brilliant. You get to see his dick in this. <laughs> did you spot that at that point where he presses his... I, I did not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to ask you though, I have to ask you, not to, to, to just to go with your list, but did Debbie fuck Steve Zahn? Well, that's the thing. I think he was just saying she was hot. Yeah, but he made a reference to like, I'm her blah, blah, blah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, it was weird. Like his character made no sense. He's just out there doing gardening. And I think they thought that was really funny and wacky, but, um, Boy, uh, Steve Zahn comes out of semi-retirement for this. I mean, 
And why couldn't he have watched the kid? <laughs> He's there enough. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. I had to ask that because I was like, no, it's a very confused. I was very confused by how it goes from like, he's talking to Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn mentions, oh yeah, I kind of get it on the side with Debbie. And the next thing you know, Debbie and Jesse Williams are getting it on. And Ashton Kutcher is somehow jealous ahead of time. But I couldn't tell whether he knew that she was going to meet Jesse Williams or he was jealous of her and Zen. I don't think it's thought through that well. I think you're very much thinking way too much. I think I, I went back because I thought I missed a scene. <laughs> well, also, to, speaking of the the Jesse Williams of it all, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think I don't think Ashton Kutcher is bad looking at all. He's a cute stoner personality. Whatever. You mean to tell me <laughs> that you are going to fuck Jesse Williams? With his gorgeous <laughs> smile and those beautiful blue eyes. And then you're going to be like, no, I'm going to go fuck this tour for apparently the rest of my life. And um, he, he also gets her dream job. And he's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you're in love with someone else. Cool. Thanks. Great. What What is her real job? <laughs> I was trying to figure, she works at the school, right? Right. So she's yeah, all she's of a sudden a book editor. Yeah. That's oh, and ins- also she's going to, she's going to school for accounting because they don't have that in LA. <laughs> Why did she have to go to this class in New York? Also, they never explained it. Online? I don't know. <laughs> right, right. I mean, and it's also just like, I, I'm sorry, you have you also have uh, Zoe Chow, who shows up as this girl who used to date Ashton Kutcher's character, and she sparks a friendship with Reese Witherspoon. And likely friendship. An unlikely yeah. friendship because one is one is Gen Z and one is whatever I don't know what Gen X whatever they said in the movie. But it's also just like, why couldn't even the movie just be about Reese Witherspoon going to New York, realizing that she doesn't actually love this guy, and then she does all this other stuff for herself? And I think Zoe Chow is uh, she's great. She's great in everything. Yeah. Yes. He doesn't have a lead role in something more major. Like she was in Love Life. She played like sort of a mean girl in that um, that really bad movie uh, senior year. She was on Modern Love. I mean, she she she's really good, and she has to like so I don't want to say subject herself, but you have like these really good actors and just poop. The other things I'll say, and and then I think I have said my piece. Um, I don't know what, if, if you get into the mind of this character, of of the character that Reese Witherspoon plays, and, and let's just shudder at this at the thought of that for a second. You get in the mind, and she goes to this apartment that look that would make Patrick Bateman from um, <laughs> from uh, 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 American Psycho, American Psycho, jealous with envy. <laughs> Because it's so sterile. <laughs> At, well, the <laughs> books are are color are you know they make all these jokes about how the books are um, ordered by color. the The forks in the drawer are still in the original packaging. Um, he stores his long lost novel in the oven. That's creepy. I don't even think he fucking wrote, wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't. Well, it's, it's, he, no, it's, of course yeah. he did. Of course he wrote it because it's it's uh, 
self it's autobiographical drivel from what you find out about it at the very end um and it sounds terrible by the way the novel sounds absolutely terrible they can't even sell it as a great novel because it's something about (laughs) the boy gets allergic to his own skin (laughs) what is that that's right i forgot about that and then to top it all off she finds another manila envelope shoved under his uh nightstand because this guy is so neat that all of a sudden he's just going to shove this one thing under a nightstand instead of putting it in like, I don't know, a safe <laughs> or in a filing cabinet because he's so meticulous. Full of every little correspondence or whatever memorable thing that he has shared with her over 20 years. And all of those things put together says, you love him. All of those things put together for me would be, this person is insane. Right. <laughs> and very yes. likely suicidal. I thought the same thing. I'm like, she freaked. And she didn't like actually seem like she was into it. Like I I really believe Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher don't like each other. (laughs) And, you know, I don't think she was into it. Zoe Chow was like, no, it's in the script right here. You're supposed to love this. And that was (laughs) that Um, was their reaction. Can I talk about the other part that like was so inauthentic to me? <laughs> is when she comes home and Chloe's Chloe, we're well, not Chloe's out. Wait, I got her name wrong, right? Wait, it's it's wait, Zoe Chow. Zoe Chow. I don't know why I said that. Zoe Chow. When Zoe Chow comes home, or or Reese Witherspoon comes home and Zoe Chow has packed her bags for her. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to pack my bags for like for my mother, who is my best friend. If she asked me to pack her bag for her, I would be like, I don't know if I feel comfortable with this. <laughs> like, I don't know, just the intimacy of packing somebody's bag and like, I don't know, it just was like so weird. And I know, granted, that she just has stuff like that's hers. That like, there's a finite amount of things, but that's just so like, oh yeah, sure, I'll pack a bag for you. Like, I don't, I don't like. I just can't imagine packing a bag for somebody unless it's a child. <laughs> Particularly if you're if you're you know operating in the logic of the script, which it had none. Um, packing the bag of a woman who is so uptight, right? She literally labeled everything in her house for her twenty year best friend, who she clearly had no faith in his ability to watch for her son, even though they've been friends for twenty years. That she labeled right. everything and pre cooked all the meals. And, you know, it just, the the whole thing is a mess from start to finish. So I think we've beat this dead horse enough um, so that it's probably (laughs) going to come back and star in next week's episode of The Last of Us. But um, let's, let's talk about why we think this is what Hollywood has to offer in terms of romantic comedies. Why can't they make a really great romantic comedy? Because, you know, there is an audience for it, for sure, because these Hallmark things are very popular. And uh, Return to Paradise, ticket two ticket, excuse me, Tickets to Paradise, uh, which starred Julia Roberts and George Clooney, did fairly well internationally. So there is some sort of appetite for the stuff. But why can't they make a good one? I think it's because we've dissected them so we're almost like we've. this is what I think. We've become too smart for them because we see what they're doing. Like we see, I mean, the fact that they meet at the airport is a cliche. It became so... The, like romantic comedies, there was such a formula to it that a movie came out with Rebel Wilson about the formula of it. And now I feel like there's no going back to it because we, you've got to remake the formula. And this was taking a formula from another romantic comedy that was beloved, The Holiday, and trying to um, 
I don't know what it was trying to do. Ruin it, maybe? No. Um, but trying to like put a new spin on it and making it making it formulate like the past, but it just doesn't work. I think we we can all read right through it. That's what I think. Hmm. Yeah, I th- I think um I think there's there's definitely something to that. Like, you know, we haven't moved beyond the sort of the post mortar the, the the post ironic romantic comedy right i mean it's it's you go back and look at the archetypes like when harry met sally which my wife and i watch every year and and you see where that's going obviously the title of it is called when harry met sally so you know how it ends but it's still smart along the way like you can have a movie that is predictable you can have a movie that is is not completely original but at least give us good characters give us smart dialogue give us something to to hold on to, to grasp on to. I mean, it doesn't have to set the world on fire. It doesn't have to reinvent the genre, but at least give us people that have chemistry when they're in the same room, um, which, you know, this movie certainly doesn't. I also wonder, and I don't want to get political about this, but I also wonder if the, the, I'm not blaming the Me Too movement for it, so please don't send me letters to say that I'm doing that, but if, Hollywood just doesn't know how to do it now without the same stereotypes and tropes that worked pre Weinstein, pre me too. I, I just, you know, would like, they don't, I think you're right. Yeah. They don't know how to make a movie about consent and making it seem romantic. Right. I mean, right. I, because I even said like, Oh, does she want him to kiss her? Because yeah. it felt weird. Like I felt, and I don't know if that's, because I didn't get that that Debbie really liked him. I really still don't think Debbie liked Peter. But I kept thinking, oh, he's just going to kiss her? Like, and I don't think she wants to be kissed. Whereas there are other movies where somebody gets kissed and it's like, oh, you know they want to be kissed. But in this one, I felt weird about it. But mm-hmm. I also think you're right that people don't know how to... Um, I mean, there are all these new... I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think we don't know how to mine through this because so much of our, the romantic comedies we love have probably elements that would be politically incorrect today. Yeah, I mean, you can't go back and watch Breakfast Club. Not Breakfast Club, uh, 16 Candles. 16 Candles. 16 Candles. Jesus. I mean, yeah. just think about some of the great romantic comedies that are out there. Pretty Woman. I mean, you'd never make a movie of a pretty woman about a woman who is a prostitute now as a, as a heroine. Right. It would have to be she must be punished. It would have to be leaving Las Vegas at that point, you know. Um, really? Do you think so? Because I think that actually they could do it because people are very pro sex worker, you know, very supportive of of that. I feel like maybe that made made it progressive at the time because the original ending was that she was that they weren't going to end up together. Right. Um, well, they were. I wonder if she died. Right. I mean, the, the three. No, I think. Ending. I think she just gets the money and he tells her like beat it and that's uh-huh. how it ends. It's kind of like a downer. Okay. But um but I but there are other things like uh you know is is Meg Ryan stalking like Tom Hanks and sleepless in Seattle and vice versa in you've got males. He being a creep and catfishing her like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like he, cause he kind of is, but like we couldn't do that now because everybody would be so freaked out by like yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. But I, actually I would think it is. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I was actually going to kick it over to you. So go ahead. I was going to say, um, I think the 
it's sort of going along what you're saying about the times they haven't changed. I also just think it's um, romantic comedies in a way are maybe not in a way. It's pretty obvious. Romantic comedies are like a fantasy. It's 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 beloved fluff for the most part. But sometimes you get a really great one in there, like when Harry met Sally, like a sleepless in Seattle, like a love in basketball, stuff like that. But it's it's also I think we, you know, they're, they were so uh, talked down about so much. Like people, you know, for every when Harry met Sally, there is a, um, what is it? My, my best friend's girl. Like, for, uh, oh, yeah. For every, or, the, um, or the two, the dueling, um, the Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis dueling uh, friends with benefits. Oh, no strings attached. Yes. And friends with benefits. (laughs) Um, You know, for every, you know, sleepless in Seattle, there is a boys and girls or Melinda and Melinda, or, you know, it's not, I think there has actually been too much of a gap from what we used to love about romantic comedies. Mm Mm-hmm. And then to now, I mean, sort of, I guess, going along with saying that we are too smart for them. It's just, you need, there has been, since, you know, the the really successful, beloved romantic comedies from, I would say maybe the last great romantic comedy was what, maybe 2005? I can't think of an example, but I can't think of a great romantic comedy that came out. Like, the- Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was kind of a romantic comedy, kind of. Oh, God, that's, that's not, oh, well, God. That's not the same kind, though. I mean, oh, I know uh, what you mean. Okay, I know what you mean. Yeah, like bros. a romantic comedy bros. in in bros, in I terms think. of the sense of usually it starts with a pop song that you can't place who the singer is. You have a major city skyline. It's either Chicago or New York, and then you have a Kate Hudson and Anne Hathaway or somebody walking briskly through an office of a glossy job that we don't really think actually exists anywhere. Like where. Her job is either, you know, I'm a crossword puzzle editor or I'm a, I'm a, you know. That was I, in um, that one with Michelle Pfeiffer, The Story of Us. <laughs> yeah, she was a crossword. Yeah, it's, it's always like, um, it's always, the first scene is always, a Kate, I always feel like I'm shitting on Kate Hudson, but I'm not. It's always her walking briskly like, oh, I'm, I'm late and I, oh, I'm, I'm on the go. And I got to get my Starbucks and I, I'm walking through a, a pastel colored office and there's a woman getting photographed. Probably, oh, probably oh, 13 going on 30 might be the, that's, the mark the end be. of the end of the, the mark. It's the beginning of the end for, for and, sure. And I also, and I also feel like the, the, the Hallmark, the Netflix, those have sort of become its own thing, but I feel like on a certain level, everything for a while, when they were sort of in their heyday, quote unquote, romantic comedies were sort of an almost aspirational sort of thing. And now they're actually so unbelievably disposable. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's I, true. I think what we're looking at is moving forward. And I, I think... I know that it's not universally agreed that they're great, but I think the last major romantic comedies that have come out, the more critically acclaimed ones have been inclusive of nature. It's not just the Kate Hudson and the Dylan McDermott meeting, right? It's, it's crazy rich Asians. It's uh, bros. 
It's things like that, 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 that do embrace a different perspective. That's, I think, well, also, where the future yeah. goes. And I also just think that, um, I mean, I love Reese Witherspoon. I watch anything she does for the most part. But why couldn't the romantic comedy just been starring Jesse Williams and Zoe Chow? Why couldn't it? I, I actually think there's a good version of this movie, for sure. Like, we needed to see a little more in the beginning of who they were back in 20 years ago. Instead of them telling us about it. Because I was just like, I don't buy any of that. Like, I didn't see any of that. You're just making out. Um like if they kind of gave us that um, a little bit and then have her, maybe they haven't seen each other in a while. I don't know. Maybe they were close, but like, but they hadn't seen each other in a while. A la my best friend's wedding. And she's desperate and needs somebody to watch her kid. Like you could really, I think that has some good ideas here, but I just, I don't know why a lot of the choices were made. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's it is it is a legitimate mystery, and I would I would actually really well I don't know I don't I probably couldn't talk to somebody about something I hated that much, but um, I would Eileen I Brosh McKenna is a very smart artist. Yeah, um, she is crazy yeah. girlfriend. Sort of played with this genre in in funny ways, and I think that may have been what she was trying to go for. I think part of the problem is I would say fifty percent of the problem lies with the casting of Ashton Kutcher who we joked, Megan, on the podcast previously and offline, that he is like the, he destroys women. And I, he just, <laughs> I, he just doesn't have, he just, this, he doesn't have it. I mean, he's a, he's a blank slate. And I think using him to that extent in vengeance made a lot of sense. Like, you know, using him as, yeah. a, as a weird blank slate, just kind of an uneasy presence fit that film so well his his presence in this film is not one that that would inspire romance i would i would expect and clearly reese witherspoon's character had not seen jesse williams in um in uh, take me out take me out <laughs> cuz she would not have well, left new york <laughs> um i'm going to tell you something offline um okay. but i mean she mckenna has written she wrote the double wars prada right yeah Oh, Fucking, which, is a um, great, which is not a romantic comedy, but a great. It's a great. Yeah, she. I mean, she wrote. Um, oh God, what am I thinking of? She wrote um, Morning Glory. She wrote. Um, I mean, granted, she did do other things. Like, I didn't think we bought a zoo was great. I did not think um, Twenty Seven Dresses was fine. Do I like? Oh, Twenty Seven Dresses is cute though. Like as far as as romantic comedies go, Catherine Heigl and James Morrison have excellent chemistry. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, she, she wrote, wrote three, three to Tango. I actually, even though that movie Joey is, loves that movie. That movie is incredibly problematic. Um, I love Jeff Campbell. <laughs> but, I wonder uh, if she if she like because she's clearly a great writer. I wonder if they like she got a lot of notes for this, like because times have changed. I don't know. Maybe it was an old script that they dusted off and had to update it. Yeah. Maybe I could see that. I mean, I mean, I will go see another movie. I mean, this is her directorial debut. I will go see another movie because she is attached to it. I'm not going to, you know, no. you know those 
those people that be like, oh, I'm never going to watch something again because of her. I just didn't like this movie. But I will, I, I think she's a, a really, I think she does really good things with, with character, but I just didn't see that a lot in this movie. So maybe it is an old script. That's, that's what we're going to go with. All right. Um, let's jump to the flash forward to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And uh, Joey, why don't you go first? Sure. Um, I want to see Animal Control. Uh, is that what's called Animal Control with uh, Joel McHale? Uh, oh yeah, I want to see that too. Oh, that's good. Um, with all this like sex scene discourse, I've never watched you. So um, you haven't. I've never watched it. Have, are you starting from the beginning? I I, I, I would hope so. I've never seen it. So <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna watch because I have screeners to the new season. So um, I was like, maybe I'll just start at the beginning and keep watching. So I want to watch that. Um, and then I have a screener to that new, I'm calling it Diet Succession movie with Julianne Moore, Sharper. Ooh. Um, so I want to see that. Do you know who you directed know? that? No. Benjamin Karen, who directed the best episodes of The Crown. He directed the barrel episode and he directed the, um, the episode where, Oh God, what's the episode? Four uh, uh, on the floor. Oh, wait, no. Oh, 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 he did. Um, he did the one oh, where he, she goes uh, to the, the mining town. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And yeah. He did the one, uh, fairy tale, fairy tale in season four. Okay. That makes me actually way more excited to see it. Um, yeah. I was really ready for him to break out. He also directed, um, He's been doing some of Andor, which now makes me want to go back and watch that snooze hmm. of the show. <laughs> Sorry. It has a good, it has a good, I mean, Sherper has a good cast. It's her. It's, um, God, who's the old guy in that? John Lithgow. Um, it has Justice Smith, Sebastian Stan. Um, I've seen the trailer a couple of times. It looks, it looks good. I mean, it's taking down the billionaires, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so I want to see those, and then I feel like there's something else I want to see. But I, one of you guys will mention it. Like, I do too. I'm not going to watch the Roseanne Barr comedy special. That's for damn sure. <laughs> All right, uh, Megan. Um, just catching up on shows that I missed last week. Um, still reading Daisy Jones and the Six. I would like to watch the screeners that I have for that. I haven't started that yet. Um. Um, yeah, that's probably just, just about it. Just catching up on, on things that I, I haven't, uh, haven't watched. Kind of boring. Well, you've had a lot going on. Um, yeah. For me, uh, the film world, I mean, you guys can sigh and roll your eyes. Um, I'm, I am looking forward to seeing Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, even though I know pretty much every beat that it's going to have. Uh, but, um, I'm really excited about, uh, Jonathan Major's, um, performance, which I've heard a lot of great things about. He's um, having a good year so far. Mm -hmm. Great year. Yep. Uh, also my wife and I have a holiday, excuse me, movies associated with every holiday, major holiday, I should say. And, uh, tomorrow night, as we are recording Valentine's day, we'll be watching Sleepless in Seattle so that we can Aww. wash ourselves of this horrible <laughs> romantic comedy that we watched on Saturday night. <laughs> What's something that's great? So you're saying, you're saying you do not have like a flag day. 
No, no, no. And we don't consider Labor Day an actual movie. So (laughs) (laughs) no, but it's like, you know, obvious stuff. Like we'll watch uh, Steel Magnolias for Easter. We'll watch um, Terms of Endearment for Mother's Day. We'll watch, uh, um, you know, well, there's tons of Christmas movies. We don't have a Thanksgiving movie, I guess. I always like to watch You've Got Mail or In the Fall because I feel like it's a good fall movie. I don't know if I'm the only one who... It's no, definitely in the fall too. Yeah, it's definitely a get a cup of, of hot beverage and curl up with a yeah, blanket. yeah. Um, so those are the movies I'm looking forward to this week. I still need to watch to Leslie. In fact, my screener access runs out in a week, so I, I probably should be watching mm-hmm. that at some point. Um, on the TV front, uh, rewatching Succession with my wife, which is a very slow progression because she really hates every single character in the show. But she still wants to watch it. She's just, it's just like, I only want to dip my toe in a cesspool every so often. <laughs> um, but uh, I also want to catch up to Apple TV Plus is shrinking. And I uh, also have screeners to Daisy Jones and the Six. I looked that up. I'm interested to see that. And I think we're getting screeners this week for uh, Stars' reboot of Party Down, which is a... Uh, oh, Yes, a very underrated series um, that we loved when it first came out and um, is coming back with most of its main cast. I think Kristen Bell is not in it, Um, but that's... uh, And um, uh, Lizzie Kaplan isn't either. Yeah, I don't think so. But um, Stars is very big on it. They've already sent us an email saying, these are the categories in which we are campaigning this for Emmy consideration. (laughs) Good for you. Books I'm still plugging through. Everyone in my family has killed somebody or someone by Benjamin Stevenson, and it is not a good book. Oh, oh. I'm not enjoying this book. Literally, I just can't get through it. It's it's like it's nine hours in audiobook or something like that, and I'm I'm like stuck around the three hour mark left. <laughs> just plowed through uh-huh. six oh. hours of it, and I'm like, oh god, when is this gonna end? I, I I wrote Joey actually Megan and I said you bought that book where did you buy it from because Amazon I said send it back, <laughs> send it back <laughs> now get your money back um there was oh there was something else I was going to say uh very quickly I don't and I, I know we're wrapping up here but I and I don't want to start a, a big conversation about it but I did I am caught up to the Last of Us have you either of you watched the the other episode that made everybody cry episode four um. No, wait, I know what happens to somebody in it. Uh, that oh, yeah, it got ruined for me. Dude, okay. Eyes. Well, thanks, guys. Yes. But I mean, I'll say this, and I want to spoil this for people because it just came out. I will say this. How can you get that emotionally invested in a series where you pretty much know everybody you meet is going to die, unless it's the major characters? And I'm not entirely sure that at least one of those major characters isn't going to die by the end of the season. <laughs> so I just, I don't, it, I don't like the, 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 the hand wringing and the sobbing and the tweets, all the tweets about if you don't like, if you didn't cry during this episode, then you don't have a soul. Like, come on. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah, I'm just it's a it's a really well made show. I'm just the reason I don't like it is because of its future. Like I I don't 
this is not going anywhere good for me. So we're just getting into, as we've said before, like walking dead territory again. It is. I feel like a hundred percent. I mean, there's a scene in which, um, a, a truck, there's an explosion and a massive truck falls into a sinkhole. And of course the sinkhole is filled with these zombie creatures. And so they come out and eat almost everybody on the screen. Oh my God. And and it's just, it's like, it's a downer. It just sounds like a downer. It's a downer. Yes. But it's, it's a downer because you know what's coming and yet you still watch it and, and are surprised by it. That's, you know, and, they wasted the talents of Melanie Linsky. I mean, Melanie Linsky is fine and she's cause she's always very, very good. But I'm like, if you love Melanie Linsky so much, go watch Yellow Jackets or at least just watch it in its second season and vote her best actress at the Emmys for 2023, which she ludicrously deserves for this role. I mean, I haven't even seen the second season yet, but I know she deserved it for the first one. Just stop wasting talents of people and just cast unknowns in these roles because they're all just going to die anyway. I mean, come on. <laughs> I just oh. anyway, I'm sorry. Old man off off soapbox now. <laughs> old, old man yells at clouds. <laughs> oh, I was just thinking that. Yeah. All right. Does that cover it? Yeah. All right, let's get the hell out of here. So we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy, thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us, plus subscribe to our YouTube channel at Awards Daily, and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow. Bye.